Welcome, welcome. The Dynasty Dads are, or Dynasty Dads After Dark, excuse me, because it is dark here in Nashville, Tennessee at 9.20 on a Saturday night. And uh, it's Jonathan, your commissioner here with Dynasty Dad Eli. What's going on, Eli? Hey, what's up, man? Happy to be here. Happy to be in Nashville. Enjoyed a nice 65-degree day here while it's probably 30, 30 to 20 degrees back in Minnesota. Um, yep. And now, yeah, sitting here, went in Rome, in uh, Warren's house, so of course I'm sipping on a gluten-free Diskin Cider from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, yeah, Sorry, we're, yeah, we're living large. Love it. Let's talk some fantasy football. Let's talk some fantasy. <laughs> we've been uh, biting our lips for the last 24 hours or so while you've been in town to try to save all the fantasy chatter for, uh, for the mic. So, anyways, yeah, man, I thought it'd be fun to just kind of start off the last time we talked was in September, like the week before football when we were up in mini and, um, and hanging out. And so we had talked like off season moves, power rankings, what we thought would happen. But now here we are, you know, the, the tail side of, of the 22, 23 season. And, uh, a lot happened a lot, you know, many things that we maybe expected and, uh, a handful of things and teams in particular that maybe we didn't see coming. So I'd love, uh, I'd love to just kind of chat through, the year at large and particularly you know from from your perspective what you saw what you liked what you didn't like your team all that good stuff yeah well what a year again i finished pretty much smack in the middle of the pack which was uh not my hope but um better than uh better than what uh canute's uh computer had me for so (laughs) i guess i'll take it I, i beat my four wins i think is what he had me for I so. think to be fair, everybody took the over though on on that bet for you. Everybody said there's no way that's right. Yeah, but hey, but so yeah, beat the computer, did one thing right, but otherwise, um, man, what a year and what a. I mean, I guess let's just start off with let's start with the with the finish. I mean, we got it like that was for Jeremy. That is that sucks. Like just the way it ended, but yeah. I liked the way again from um, another outsider. I think of other, other guys have kind of relayed this to you, but I think you guys handled it really well. Uh, I think Jeremy handled it super well cause he yeah. could have easily been super pissed about it. I, I would have understood his frustration, but um, thanks for not being a Charlie Jeremy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're the man Jeremy. So, um, but yeah, so that was a really tough way, but, but man, what a, what a, that was, yeah, one way to end the year, I guess, right? So wild. Yeah, I think it was, as a team who obviously had a, a vested interest in the league surviving, because one, I love you know love my team. I get too obsessed with their, the potential of what my guys may never become. But obviously, you know, selling this year to tank and, and stock up on draft picks, I wanted the league to survive. But, um, you know, it just seemed like more and more likely that you know, Jeremy was the best team and I know he didn't end up finishing with the best record but he still had the most points and it just seemed like he was he was definitely gonna uh, have the be the odds on favor to to win it and take it all down um but I loved that so many teams that um knew they had a like a competitive shot this year like pushed their chips like all in and I think that that made for a really fun swing of teams that had been like stocking up on draft picks last year the last couple of years and they just said i'm going for it and overwhelmingly it worked out for all those teams i mean bort i think it was you know just going into last offseason like 
he had almost no stats on his team. It was like all draft picks, and then he just went stud heavy. Maybe got a little too old uh, in some places, but like built a, a really solid team. We said it back in September. Like I think I said, Bort and Dan Crosby were the my two like off season GMs of the year, and both those guys put up a ton of points this year, tons of wins. Dan was our you know our, our winningest regular season team, and obviously got bounced in the semis. But like it was really fun to see so many teams not only decide like yeah i'm gonna go all in but like do it successfully too i think that 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 made for a really fun like parody at the top half of the the league well and if i remember right i think bort went 100 percent balls the walls all in like before week one like his lineup was set he was ready i think his team name was already uh 2023 champ or 2022 (laughs) champ whatever um and then but i think dft i think he kind of he kind of went half in and then once the year started, he went the rest of his half in and built his team all the way up. Yeah. Because there were, he, I, I think he held on to a few first round picks. I know Definitely. I made that digs trade with him and that was in about week five or six, I want to say something like that. So he yeah. still made some big moves mid season where, uh, Bort, I think, I think he stayed pretty steady through the year yeah. with his team. Maybe, I think he made some small moves at quarterback towards the end, but, uh, <laughs> Well, Brent didn't have much except four firsts to give up for Dak Prescott. That's right, and he got Dak Prescott. I <laughs> but, think he made a small move or but, two before that. But but Krause, he had honestly, I want to say he had like six or seven first round picks. Like he had a ton, and so we don't have like a full trade log pulled up. But he we know three into... of those firsts went for Henry Brady and Amon Ra St. Brown to mark okay. back in October. I just, okay, just, so I just looked. He that did that in October. Up. I got two uh, firsts from him for Joe Mixon. I think Dan and I had some other like midseason trades too, but then he obviously acquired Kelsey. So like, well, I guess then he traded some of the pieces you just highlighted there, including Amon Ra. But the like the point is, yeah, with Dan in particular, it felt to me like yeah, we thought like oh he did so much to kind of improve his team in the off season. Um, but if you recall, you know, as Ben would post the the power rankings. I don't know if it was the dynasty rankings, the the in season like kind of redraft rankings, or both. But at least on one of those lists, Krause was at the very bottom, right? And he was just like bulletin board material, <laughs> and he finished the year either at the top. I think he did finish at the top. Um, regardless, he finished at the top of our, our league in terms of regular season wins, and um, I think there's no denying the the impact that Jalen Hurts had on his team. Like, I think that we went into the season thinking, okay, maybe he takes a step forward. I think he ended up giving up what was ultimately the 101 last year to acquire Hurts, uh, if I remember right. But, I mean, I'd certainly rather have Jalen Hurts over Brees Hall right now in, in a Superflex Titan Premium League. So that that certainly panned out. And I think I was very vocal saying uh, that I thought Hurts was a bust and was, was not going to do well. So I couldn't have been more wrong there. I don't know if he's you know, quite Mahomes level in terms of certainty, but he seems like the real deal and obviously carried his team this year. So the fact that he was able to hit on a QB there and still have all those picks and then push them in and and for the most part really you know get you know the the right players I think was uh, was a huge deal for him. Yeah, I was in the same boat with Hertz. Thought um, thought I saw enough of him. I was I think we talked about this last time playing the Cowboys on. Uh, on prime time one night just looked terrible and I'm like yep yep he's garbage but he has completely changed my mind and everybody else who watched any any Eagles games this year which 
is probably well however many people watch the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he's got a quarterback for now and the future in Hurts. Um, he's got a good yeah DFT's got a good team. Um, I was just trying to look at while you were talking about that. So our current champ Ben Bach, his team and how much trading he did throughout the year. Would you say it was a lot, a little? I know he got uh, Cousins and Waddle, and it was actually that trade was made earlier than I thought. He did that back in October, and that was getting rid of one of the top dynasty assets in the league, and he still and he made a good trade because it won in the league. He traded Patrick Mahomes for Kirk Cousins, Jalen Waddle, and Trey Lance back in uh, mid-October. And he had gotten Mahomes earlier in the year by giving up Lawrence, right? That's right. Yep. Which trading with the brother. Congratulations to Peter because he bought T Law very low, and I'd say he's now probably a consensus top five dynasty quarterback. So, anyways, um, yeah, I mean, hard to lose a trade when you're getting Patrick Mahomes. So I, I don't know if Ben lost that, but then he obviously no, moved yeah, Mahomes and Cousins was not Mahomes level, but incredibly consistent in a QB1 and then to be able to have a guy like Waddle who I don't think helped him out a ton in the playoffs to be honest I'd have to look at his his stat but obviously I mean huge huge you know week-to-week boom potential and and definitely helped win a a number of matchups so so playoffs would have been what week starting week for uh 15 16 17 yeah so he did well actually so week 15 Waddle scored 21 week 16 Waddle scored 26 Really? And then it was eight and ten. So uh, obviously huh, that okay. Didn't, but, I'm, I'm yeah, so about two that. really okay. big weeks for him in the playoffs. Actually. Got it. Got and it. yeah, a great year. Waddle's a guy. I, I really, yeah. Again, I so I passed on him over. I took Devonta Smith over Waddle, and for a little bit there, I was really starting, to, maybe starting to kick myself. But um, yeah, Devonta Smith started to come through and he sure carry did. his own. Dude, he was almost throwing in one of our you know trade talks earlier in the year, and man, he's he, he finished the year as a wide receiver one. Yep. So uh, Smith, that is. So yeah, it was uh, it was quite a but, uh, yeah, a so good anyway. come up for a guy that we expect. I mean, he was a Heisman. He dominated in the SEC. Like we we shouldn't be surprised. It was just it looked like the Hertz and AJ Brown show in Week One, yeah. and I was like, okay, is is Smith ever going to get fed? And they sure enough, found a way. Out, but certainly found a way for him to eat. Yeah. But yeah, so this, but so to kind of you know go back to your first question of the night here, just how you know recapping the league, it went. So the so we we talked about the teams that are those trades and uh, DFT surprising people making big trades, mm-hmm. but otherwise I think you know people kind of know it's kind of fun being in this league and having it being a year over year thing. You start to know these owners, and I feel like a lot of guys kind of just kept doing what they do. Chris made a lot of moves, <laughs> and yeah. he fought with you know to the nail with all those injuries, a lot of injuries, and still made moves. I've never playoffs. I've never seen anybody that impacted by injury no and nobody can ever at any level of fantasy particularly with like (laughs) meaningful players yes starting with Javante it was unreal yeah Trey Lance I mean yeah just never end it just won end for him no and you know all of us like to think that got injured we could go on and on everybody in his roster was injured it was Mm -hmm. incredible and he still managed to make the playoffs right yes yep made the playoffs yeah insane well, yeah, so that's the team to look out for this next year. Obviously, Chris always is one of the top dogs, and now he's got Mahomes and Jackson, and if they're both healthy and running, I mean, that's, as we saw from Jeremy the last two years, um, two, two top quarterbacks is sometimes, well, I shouldn't say all you need because 
clearly Jeremy had plenty more than just those two, but but man, it helps to have two. It's it's almost enough on its own to get you into the playoffs. Yeah, you're, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and then it's just what do they do from there? And, yeah, um, are your guys doing enough to back them up? And it doesn't take it doesn't take much when you've got quarterbacks like that. Right, right. So um, that kind of I mean that could roll us right into some little bit of draft conversation if you want to talk about that. We've got a lot of quarterbacks coming up in this gra- in this draft. Um, you might know more about that than I do, having a couple picks up there in the front. Um, we can jump to that now or later, but... Um, I do want to get into draft talk, but I do also want to just cut open a vein with you and like hear more about your team in, in particular. Like right. you, you said you finished... Well, you did. You finished in the middle of the pack, maybe a little bit better than Canute's projections, but uh, still, probably not where you wanted to be. I think that you just missed the playoffs, right? You were the, the first man out based on points behind... Yes. Yep, two years ben, in a row. Ben yeah. that snuck in, right? Yep. So, um, yeah, like what What do you think was, yeah, highlights, lowlights, what was better than you expected, what was worse, uh, what trades do you feel like you, you, you won, and what do you regret? Yeah, overall it was a kind of, it felt like a pretty frustrating year. It felt like, you know, I, I, thought, um, I thought I had a good roster that was going to put up points and um, – I just kept getting kind of shorted here and there, making the wrong picks like a lot of people do. It's nothing out of the usual in fantasy. Um, but for me, it's kind of the same. It seems like it's the same issue over and over again. For me, it's the quarterback situation. That's probably why I'm so, mm-hmm. you know, I look at Jeremy and uh, Chris's roster and other guys who've got multiple quarterbacks, Ben's team. and um, Oh, put your pants back on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but it's those quarterbacks, man. It's so important in this league and, um, I always, and maybe I, I, I know I overvalue my quarterbacks as far as, um, I like having three cause I know if one goes down and you have nobody, you know, right. you want a quarterback in that super flex spot. It's not needed, but it, yeah, yeah. that's, you know, it's hard to get to the playoffs if you're starting yeah. a running back. Tell Dan Prestrala that three quarterbacks is a good thing and, <laughs> yeah. and see who he's got rostered. <laughs> yep. So, so anyway, yeah, what I was running with, um, Derek Carr and, Goff and Daniel Jones most of the year, so I mean, it's, yep. you know, a bunch of, so that was kind of the issue, but um, well, and it felt like honestly for two years in a row, like you made the wrong start every week, and it was like you yeah. you made the right process decision, but it's just like no matter what, the guy on your bench was the guy who put up thirty plus. Yeah, Daniel Jones would do that to me, you. and yeah, yeah, that's just how it goes. And, and that, like you said, frustration is a good word for that. <laughs> So, yeah, so this year it was the last year of Calvin Ridley suspension. So that was kind of, you know, that's I guess the silver lining. Yes. He hasn't yet been reinstated. Yes. So we're hoping. So I'll still give you a fourth rounder for him. Yep. Yeah. That's his value still. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but man, again, it's fantasy football. I loved it. I, uh, I had a lot of fun making that trade with Dan. Uh, the digs for Godwin, ETN in a second. Um, man. You know, and that, like, it was that week that ETN just went on his, like, three week tear. And for a minute, everybody in Dynasty was saying, well, not everybody, but people were overreacting, saying ETN is the number one running back in, in football right now. And, man, it uh, it I think we talked about it right away. Because, obviously, Diggs was the number, like, statistically in fantasy, the number one receiver in our league scoring, at least at the time. But he's older, still tied to a you know, great quarterback, you know, clear number one, target hog, you know, not TD reliant, et cetera. But, like... We both like really like Chris Godwin, and the uncertainty with Brady, I think, is the reason he's even like you know a movable piece in a deal where there'd be you know Godwin plus, mm-hmm. uh, but Godwin's a bit younger. I mean, has put up 
uh, wide receiver one seasons before with guys like Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And so um, I think we're both like high on his potential ETN, like you said. And what else did you get? And a second round pick. Okay, so I mean, yeah, could could be could be something. I mean, we'll we'll know in a year, but um, yeah, I mean, fun trade. And again, teams that go you know going all in. Um, it was it was fun to see an already contending team go out and get a get the number one wide receiver. So yeah, it was a fun trade. Yep. Yeah. So I knew that would be exciting for for most people, and that would be the side that the people would look at, and that would that was okay with me because I was. Were other were many others like coming after Diggs when they realized that you maybe weren't competing? Yeah. Yep. I had a few people coming after Diggs. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Chris, my, my brother Sam, uh, may have been a couple others, but um, you know, at least you know, at least people asking about him. Um, but those two were definitely so, sending off. So from Sam, it was Antonio Gandy, Golden, and who? <laughs> and like two picks. Okay. Well, if the sum of the yeah, okay. No, I yeah, I think Sutton was in on that trade before he ended up going to Chris. Um, uh huh. But uh, probably Evans. I don't. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, again, nothing. I was jumping at Chris and I got real close a couple times. Garrett Wilson was involved. It was right around the time he hit a hot streak, Um, and then he got cold for a little bit after that. So I was feeling good, and then here he is again, looking probably like a potential superstar. So So, yeah. So real quick for you, would you rather Garrett Wilson or Chris Godwin? Oof. Man, good question. I like Godwin. I really like Godwin, and um, man, it's prob- it's it's a crapshoot. I think those two are really comparable. Godwin is he just turned twenty seven. He's really not that old. No, he yeah. just turned twenty seven like a month ago. Um, so that kind of surprised me in the in that trade with his youth because he's kind of he's kind of best of both worlds. He's got the proven experience and youth. Six years in the NFL, twenty seven years old. So. Um, Man, if Godwin had Brady coming back guaranteed for the next three years, I still would take Garrett Wilson. Yep, and I respect that take. I just don't think that Brady is the only thing making Godwin. He put up numbers with right. Jameis Winston, yeah, exactly. so um, I I think he's a I think he and this again this is where um you got the tr- the the trade calculator and then you've got like your football like knowledge and your gut you know, yeah your really. guys and, yeah and you yeah and chris godwin he's just i think that he's one of those players who he's the guy that he's your go-to guy no matter who your quarterback is and i yeah. it yeah. doesn't always matter for that number one wide receiver yeah. which i think he is man i i thought you'd say wilson there because then i was going to follow with how about Diggs? and honestly i mean the jets qb situation is uncertain but again could yeah. change drastically come you know may or june when the nfl draft is and um I think that I might like Garrett Wilson more than Diggs right now, particularly in in, a in, dynasty. in dynasty, yeah, a dynasty format. I think that's yeah. fair. I'm not. I guess I would have to think more yet, about but it, but yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah. But um, and then just to wrap up my year, I again I've got all these tight ends who've got a bunch of potential and athleticism, and they're just not doing much for me. And uh, Njoku and Gesicki specifically, yeah. and Fant. I mean, really, it's you know three guys who. When they're drafted, they all were, you know, it was they were big deals, and um, their situ whether it's their situation or what, they're just not they're inconsistent to say the least. So Gasecki obviously is a free agent. That's why I've been holding on to him the lat all year. Um, he hasn't done anything in Miami, and um, it's looking like he's testing the market. I'm hoping that his stock goes up or yeah. at least ends up in a spot where um, where he's needed. Um, and then Njoku, I'm hoping that Watson kind of can figure it out there. Right. Uh, and then I've got guys, yeah, and then a couple other young guys that I'm grooming, I suppose. Hoping was hoping to keep on my taxi squad, but uh, they're in my lineup now. So yeah, and Joku's interesting. He had like one of the more quiet 
tight end one seasons in a while. Like I hear like fantasy pods talking about him. Like, wait, he's not like still in the league, but like, oh, he's like, he actually did something. And uh, I'm looking. I I'm not sure how yeah. sleepers like scoring here works if it's relative to our league format. It says he finished tenth in PPR scoring. So my guess is, okay. and that was versus thirteen in standard. So he caught more passes. So if that's not already adjusted for our one and a half, like. He finished certainly in the top 10 of tight ends, and I know that there's just a massive difference between tight end 10 and yeah. even tight end 3 versus tight end 1. But he did that, you know, missing, looks like, three games this year, too. You know, he played in 42. So, anyways, Njoku had a good year. I think Gusecki, the, the hope is that he's set free, right? That he, he's, he gets out of Miami, and, yeah, fans is... Yeah. So uh, the athletic, what could have been, I think, tight end on your roster, but um, right, right. but anyway, that's it. That's that's enough of the middle of the pack team. No one cares about too much. So we'll see how. Well, you know, hopefully, new year. Like I said, I got Ridley back, so that's so, uh that's a big that's a big yeah. boost. That's basically, I don't know, in a way, a number, you know, a first a first round draft pick. And this you year. still held on to Cam Akers, right? Yep. Yeah, I have Cam Akers. So I'm he had to get like a really he back. had a no, weird no, resurgence no, where he was almost cuttable, like the Rams refused to trade him but he was a healthy scratch like there were clear like you know issues in that organization i had kyron williams who they drafted and he started the year on pup so he was that was the only reason he didn't like take the lead back role at least early on because they either traded or cut daryl henderson so like the rams backfield is wide open obviously the rams have a lot of holes now after kind of going all out for the super bowl but um yeah acres it seemed like at the end of the year looked maybe not quite to the the, the heights of the value that he once soared, which was definitely like a top five dynasty mm-hmm. back. But he looks certainly worth holding on to and and uh, potentially rolling out in your lineup, depending on on what what he looks like being in next year. Yep, still had an RB1 and an RB4 finish on the year. So, I mean, again, he's fine. Yep, again, I got ETN now, so I have no problem with Akers on my bench or in a, in a flex spot. So. Yeah, let's talk briefly about the Russell Wilson trade all right, because it. it felt like almost universally and maybe universally across the league, everybody felt like I swindled you on that. So let's, let's hear your side of the, the, the trade. Obviously, you know, Russ had it. Well, yeah, let's hear your side of the trade. Sure. I, well, I was definitely, I mean, I know I made a brief comment at least on, uh, on discord, but I was definitely in a dark place for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a dark place. Because I was just thinking, what did I do? What did I do? Uh, Russ, like, uh, mm-hmm. Russell was coming off of a bye week, I think, and I was still hoping to edge Ben in points, and I'm like, I need Maybe a Hackett had just been fired or something. I, I don't know if that had there, happened yet or not. But. I don't know either, but um, it was just, I was ki- I was going off too much of hope and gut and not enough uh, calculator, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably frustration with Najee Harris. Yeah. And, um, so, to recap for the league, I just pulled it. So... I gave Russ and his tight end, who at the time was a healthy scratch, <laughs> Alberto. <laughs> uh, Russ and Alberto for Daniel Jones, Najee Harris, uh, Krause's twenty three second, which is uh, you know now a late pick, a twenty three third from Eli, and then a twenty four second and a twenty five first. Lots of picks there, but a late first, two seconds a third. Plus Daniel Jones and Najee Harris. And I think a lot of people said, wow, I'd rather have Daniel Jones straight up, you know, over Russell Wilson right now, you know, take out everything else that you, you know, you got in on top of that. I don't think that, you know, that, that was a very like 
reactionary take. I wouldn't have traded Russ straight up for Daniel Jones. Um, I would. I think I got a bit lucky with how DJ finished the year because um, I mm. didn't think I was trading for a guy that I'd you know be planning to roll out into my lineup you know moving forward. And right now, as he's my only startable quarterback, maybe I'll draft two, maybe I'll draft one. But like DJ's a part of my team right now. But I think you know I got lucky with where he picked up. But I think you and I are both like realistic. Like Russ is an all pro level talent. And there's there's a lot of you know weird things happening in Denver last year, but he doesn't go from just being outstanding to just forgets how to play football like last year without some you know really you know strange organizational things. So it'll be interesting to see what Sean Payton does. But I think we're both like of the belief that Russ is gonna add a lot more value than he had you know at any point during during last fantasy season. So anyway, so my thought, I guess, was I had Daniel. I've had Daniel Jones since our startup draft in this league, and when you have, you know, something to keep in mind when you're off, you know, when you're looking to trade for people and making trades in this league, like when you have, and everyone knows this, when you've had a player on your team for this long, mm-hmm. like they start to look a little bit different to you. So yeah. when I saw people getting excited about Daniel Jones all of a sudden, and I'm like, what? I'm like, why? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out, like, because he can do. Because every once in a while he rushes for over 100 yards and then he throws for 200 and trips on himself. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so I'm like, if people are excited for him, I'm gonna, I gotta get rid of him now because a good game for him is gonna come, in my opinion. Yeah, four or five games out of the year, mm-hmm. he will rush for over 100 yards, and if he has a good passing game, he'll get you some fantasy points. But I'm like, I'm de- like, I have no problem moving on from him. Uh, Najee Harris, same kind of frustration. It was one of those. I was really excited when I made that trade. Uh, with Peter a while back, mm-hmm. I traded Kamara and uh, Robbie Anderson. Robbie, is that still his name now? No, he's what's he changed <laughs> his name. It's not like Destiny, but so, it's like some something dumb. Yep. So I Robbie. traded an aging running back. I thought you know. So I thought I made this great trade for this young up and coming running back, and he just as talented as he is, and I think he's I think he could be a freak. He's just for some reason it's not working, and it's I don't know if it's the offensive line or what, but anyway. So I was. And I had ETN now, so getting rid of those guys and making that trade for me, it was, it was the, it felt like the right move at that time. And then, like I said, I was in a dark place for a while when Russell looked bad. But, <laughs> but with uh, with the new coach and staff coming in, yeah, I have yeah. I have new life. I am I am risen. I am born again. I feel with Russell Wilson. So we'll see. Not um, I, but like we talked a little bit about this earlier. I'm I feel very level headed about him. I'm not expecting much. Um, Willing to trade him. I mean, if, if the price is right. You know, he's still... The potential he has now with Sean Payton, I'm not giving him away. Couple first um, kind of value. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. So, Yeah. Um, Robbie Anderson is now legally known as Chosen Anderson. So, <laughs> what a loser. Can you imagine if Russell Wilson changed his name to Chosen? <laughs> like, Mr. Unlimited Chosen, Chosen Wilson. Uh, it doesn't seem like he could dig a bigger hole for... Uh, uh, in his uh, in his locker room, anyways, but chosen Anderson, Picked yeah, an interesting time in his career. I, for that move. Yeah, I think that that all makes sense for you, and I think you know, again, knowing the background of like having three very similar, average or slightly below average dy- like dynasty quarterbacks on your roster made Jones just one of three interchangeable players. Exactly. You're like, I think Russell Wilson is a you know a tier above, or maybe two tiers. Like, I need a true QB one. I, I could, and we I think we did talk golf like different names were thrown around and mm. we just landed on DJ as you know the one that we were building around but 
Um, I think you know it, it makes a lot of sense. I still feel you know good about it based on where you know Jones finished the year, and I think Najee picked up uh, a bit, but I certainly you know made sure I was hedging that. With, you think he can't get Warren much worse? And, Najee yeah. Harris. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Again, it's uh, we'll see what comes. It could be, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Okay, good, uh, good deal. Yeah, I uh, I don't want to talk too much about my team, but I was I was thinking about it. Uh, you know, the year at large. And I definitely did not go into the year thinking I would tank. But week one, Dak got hurt. And at that point, I had one QB. I guess I had Dak's backup in uh, Cooper Rush. But I was like, I'm not going to you know build a, a playoff squad around Cooper Rush and, and Russell <laughs> Wilson. And honestly, like, I still had, by at week one, very high hopes for Russell Wilson I had JT, who was the the consensus, you know, overall number one wide receiver. I was still high on CD, but disappointed about like with with um, you know Dak being down. But anyways, I had good assets mixed. I, I had I had some studs and you know some guys I still have like uh, DJ Moore and I'm sure there's others. J.K. Dobbins, who was coming off pup. Anyways, I was excited about um, where the season could go, but pretty quickly, you know, realized that if I was going to tank. I needed to make that decision early because of some of my early season matchups. I can't remember if I was playing. I, I don't remember. I just knew that I had to decide early, and it honestly, obviously ended up working out getting getting a, a high overall pick. But I think in hindsight, had I not, I still would have probably missed the playoffs or just snuck in and then been bounced, like just super disappointed because JT played hurt a lot of the year, and I wouldn't have traded him, obviously. I probably wouldn't have traded Russ, but he had a terrible year. Yeah, he's in those both guys in your lineup right, every week. Right, DJ was in my lineup every week, and like he didn't get going until the end of the year. Dobbins like got re-injured and had surgery again. Like I just con- was everybody underperformed. Um, so it ended up being great that I just accepted that I was going to try to lose rather than frustratingly lost every week. Right. So, um, anyways, it uh, it ended up being uh, the the right thing for my team in in hindsight. But man, I. Uh, yeah, and you should as you know, uh, for a tanking team, it looks like you should be able to bounce back fine. The only thing, which is the obvious overhanging thing, is is quarterback situation. You've got draft picks uh, and time to make moves, but um, I guess I should probably just change my team name to quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. <laughs> but um, that's yeah, that's obviously the big hurt on your team, and that is super important in super flex leagues. So yeah. that's you know, and right. you know, it doesn't have to be a year one turnaround, but. Yeah, yeah we've seen a lot of people do it though, and you know, not to toot our own horns, but I think that you were the highest scoring team in the toilet bowl, but you, you are probably the second or third highest scoring team during the playoff weeks. Like, you, you wouldn't have won the playoffs or the the championship based on like head to head matchups. Like, had you I snuck in, yeah. But your total points scored were high, and I was second in that in the loser bracket. I don't know where I ranked, but like. I put up some of my best weeks consistently, like 140s, 150s in the final weeks of the season. And that was with, you know, some guys injured and again, obviously mortgaged a lot of my startable players for future picks. And so I do have like some optimism, but I'm always uh, a little too uh, too hopeful and optimistic yep. about the potential yep. for my team. That's so fantasy football, baby. We all are. <laughs> I think if there's one trade I regret, it's probably giving up Waddle as quickly as I did. Um, at the time I was very excited about him, but so I, I, I got my pick, which I tanked to one Oh two Waddle 
and Jahan Dotson for Jonathan Taylor. And that was a fantastic deal. Yeah. Um, obviously, so. with how so. JT played this year, but like just in that in a vacuum there, I think many people, I think most people will probably take Waddle ahead of JT in a startup right now. Um, so then to get what at the time wouldn't have been 102, like I told Chris, you're trading me, you know, 107, 108, like eight, that kind of a value because I'm not going to tank without it. But obviously, tanking now, 102 is quite valuable. And I like Jahan Dotson. I, I probably wouldn't trade him for, you know, a late first. Um, or, or, you know, I'd have to think about it at, at that range this year. I think he's a he's a good young player. Um, but then I quickly turned and flipped Waddle back to Chris for Javante Williams as soon as he went down, uh, maybe a week or two later. And so I had already had, you know, the kind of the pipeline open with Chris. I knew that he wanted a running back because he had JT. At the time, he had JT Swift and Javante, who I thought were the three of the top five hmm. dynasty running backs. And... Um, really high on Javante, probably higher than, than many in the league. And so for me, I had Javante higher than Waddle. And I thought if I can get Javante plus, and I think I got maybe a second. I don't remember what I got, but I, I think I got a little juice on the Javante side. Um, either way, um, that that's one I regret. Because I think Javante could come back and still be top five kind of guy. But it's a pretty serious injury, and I regret not building like rebuilding my my dynasty team around the wide receiver position um particularly with our scoring system you know i'm just kind of having some realizations that i've i've been prone to be rb heavy i think some lingering effects from the last league watching teams like chris's just run uh rampant on us with like three stud running backs but sure. with the tiered ppr it's like i was watching dobbins you know at the end of the season who wasn't involved in the past game be the most efficient running back in the league, you know, as he's done for his, you know, brief careers, averaging like five yards a carry, getting into the end zone once, but it's like, okay, great, 25 carries for 100 yards and a tutter mm-hmm. is like 16 points. Meanwhile, you know, Waddle is having a, a very pedestrian, not pedestrian, but like normal for him, not like a blowout game of like 10 catches for 100 yards, and he's putting up 20 points because of our scoring system, and so... Um, I think is there a, is there a running ba- is there a team more running back heavy than you in this league? I'm looking, maybe Chris is close with he's got Aaron Jones, Devontae or uh, sorry Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor. So I've got uh, I've got my custom like scoring uh, thing with oh, yeah. dynasty yep. nerds up, and I just am filtering down on running backs. And based on how they score it, Chris has the most dynasty running back value. His combination of JT Swift, uh, Aaron Jones, and then some other guys like Tyler Algier or whatever. Um, it has me second with Javante, JK, Najee, and then some little guys who kind of show something like Brian Robinson and Cameron Williams. Um, interestingly, it has Mark third in our league, but it's essentially all Brees Hall with a little flavor of Tony Pollard. And I think Pollard could sure. really, um, you know, see an upswing depending on where he goes or if he resigns in Dallas, probably stay value-wise or maybe even settle down. I think there's probably some inflation there due to him maybe being the guy, but those are the top three in our league according to to, to the way I'm looking at it. But sure. what that's saying like to me is so Chris has really two guys in JT and Swift, and they're, they're studs. Swift has kind of come down, and then Aaron Jones who's a bit older. Um, but there's no team that's like was it our, our first our first league where Eric and Conrad their their team name was like Team RBs because they yeah. had like seven or eight like they just went all in on the position and 
what I love about this format is like you can win in a number of different ways. And I've definitely tried to build around RB. Uh, I think I went into this year with uh, a ton of heavy RBs with JT, Mixon, Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins. I felt like all those guys were, um, you know, stud level guys and uh, ended up trading three of those four. But uh, <laughs> anyways, um, it's it's fun to kind of see how different roster constructions can can uh, potentially get you to the, the promised land. So let me uh, flip my, my value charts back on. But anyways, uh, enough about my team. Uh, I think that uh, it was uh, it was an interesting year. I'm still optimistic about uh, where I can uh, where I can get for you know this year, but certainly beyond. I think I right right now I have ten first round draft picks, four of which are in the the 23 class. So there you go, running backs and draft picks. Come to Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, got them. Bring it on. So uh, why don't we talk about the the 23 draft uh, yeah. since we're here? Um, I'd love your your take on actually I mean, it might be helpful to just just kind of verbally go through a little mock mock draft I know we didn't like prep anything here but okay. I was looking at the 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 ownership of our first round pick picks this year and uh, I own four Peter owns three Canute owns three so three owners own 10 of the 14 picks Dan Prostalo owns another two so four own 12 um, and then the uh, the final two picks are owned individually by Mark and Matt. So six uh, governors own the the fourteen first round picks, and honestly, it's probably um, not a much larger list if we were to include second round because Canute has yeah, half Canute of them. <laughs> Pete, I think Peter has. I know he has two hundred one. He may have a couple others. Um, I don't believe I have seconds this year, but it's a pretty small list. And again, that is kind of the uh, the outcome of so many teams that like went all in, but. I think where I started, uh, where my brain immediately went to when I thought, what might the first round look like? The teams with lots of picks can do a lot of different things. And I think at the very top, it's a little bit more straightforward if the the, the teams keep their picks. Uh, it seems like 101, even in super flex, tight and premium leagues, the the overwhelming consensus seems to be that B. John Robinson's the, the guy to take. Now... The combine's happening right now. The draft, you know, both of those things have huge you know, the ability yeah. to, to to change how people think about guys. Um, you know, even between like the the professionals, the Todd McShays, the Mel Kuypers, like they have. I think I saw one of them had Bryce Young as their number one prospect. Another one had him as like their number four prospect. Today he measured in at you know tied for the shortest uh, and lightest QB in the last fifty or sixty years or whatever. Um, at the end of the day, the guy you know balled out in the SEC, and he's he's been short his whole and life. If he's, like he's the number out, one, two, or three draft pick, then obviously right. he's jumping up to the yeah combine doesn't matter anymore. So I think like scheme and fit will definitely be a part of that, and uh, but I think everybody seems to think that there will be you know four to five QBs drafted in the top ten of the NFL draft. And uh, certainly there will be, you know, at least five quarterbacks drafted in the, the, the first round of our, our league's draft. But um, it's, it still seems like Bijan is, is such a special talent that he's, he's regularly being mocked at, uh, at the 101. So the reality is Peter really only has Trevor Lawrence. And so if he wants to build around a running back at this stage of his team build, like, that's kind of a, a risk he needs to make 
or take rather. And I think he, if he goes that route, he's probably, you know, expecting to take the, the, the fourth best QB that's available at 105. Because the way I see it is if Bijan's not one, he's two or three. Like if I keep, if I keep the two, three, it doesn't matter sure. the order, but like I'll take Bijan plus the best next available quarterback. Cause I'm rolling into the draft with just one QB right now. Um, if he takes Bijan, I'm likely going to go back to back quarterback there. And again, consensus would say uh, right now that uh, both Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are the top two quarterbacks. And mm-hmm. again, before combine numbers that I've at least looked at, um, before draft uh, capital, they're Young and Stroud are kind of in the same tier. Uh, I think Young might be you know the the favorite uh, from a fantasy standpoint, but they're they're very similar. And then there's kind of that next tier of guys with Levis and Will Levis and. Um, Anthony Richardson from Kentucky and Florida. And looking at team needs, if it goes Bijan and then Young, Stroud, or those three guys in any order, really, uh, Canute has four, and Canute needs a quarterback. True. So I think, again, in, in a world where people don't trade their picks. I was going to say, it sounds like we have some trade possibilities. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to see who Canute's quarterbacks are, and I can't even like click on in my little app, like click on the little sliver that represents his quarterback room because it's so small. Uh, so I might have to Sam Darnold, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Matt Corral, Sam Ellinger. So so nobody. <laughs> so he's not looking great. Is is what we're saying, and so he's going to go QB at four unless he can move up to you know higher in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frankly, I, I'm not... That's, that's a tough trade for Peter to make because, one, if you have the first overall pick, you don't want to trade it. It's fun to take that first overall pick. Just he has in, to eat waffles Just in emotion. It. Yeah, exactly. So Good it's point. It's like really tough to not yeah, even go get Go eat paid some off. waffles knowing you don't even get to use, yeah, <laughs> use the ticket. That's what's really tough. And, like you just said, if he does trade out of that spot, it's not like, oh, maybe I'll get Bijan at four. You just said he's gone at two or three. Almost oh yeah, certainly. Yeah, so there, he's not there's getting almost the, no that fantasy format where Bijan Robinson's going yep. fourth. Yeah, right. So, um, so yeah, that's that's a tough spot to trade out of. But with you having the picks two and three, like you said, maybe you only want one quarterback, and you know that the best value is to draft two. So you trade one, you trade that number three pick, yeah. swap it with Canute, and get something special. Because that's the thing is right. why do it unless. You don't do that for a second round pick. Yeah, that's you don't the thing. Do I'm... that for something that's just not going to help. So you. Canute's got one hundred four, and then he has one eleven. Actually, he's one oh nine and one eleven. So I guess I mentioned yeah, he had three. So I don't, I don't think Canute gives up nine or eleven to move up one spot in the draft. That that seems like a lot. And I'm not giving, I'm not sliding back a whole tier in quarterbacks t- to tack on a second. Yeah. Well, he's so, got a lot of seconds, so maybe you can make a good so, deal. Yeah, maybe him. six <laughs> seconds, uh, and then I'll have to deal with not being able to roster all of those picks, Canute. So uh, I'm still very curious to see what you're going to do other than just take a picture of all of your draft picks. But um, Don't yeah. listen to him, Canute. You'll be fine. I, know, I believe you got a plan. So I think Canute... Probably would love to move up, but if he doesn't, he's going to take best quarterback available at four. Sure. And then at five is Peter, who again, assuming he goes Bijan, he's going to take the last, that quarterback, next quarterback, Richardson, which, or, Richardson or Levis, which I think is that next tier. Uh, again, maybe things change with Unless the draft. Belichick goes and takes some guy out of Chattanooga, and <laughs> there's no other top guy in there. So. Yeah, exactly. So 
I think that we're bound to see Bijan and four quarterbacks go through the first five. But looking at those those teams I mentioned, out like there's you know, four owners that have everything, and then there's Mark and Matt. They each have one first. Matt, I believe, is there at one oh six. Uh, I should uh, I should have this up. Uh, Matt, yeah, Matt has one oh six, and Mark has one oh eight. Yeah. So both of those teams desperately need quarterbacks. Matt, I guess maybe I won't say desperate because Justin Fields really popped, but Justin Fields is all he's got. It's all he's got. Yeah. So which is yeah. Uh, you don't need to have a, a quarterback in your Superflex, but when you don't have a, a loaded team and he doesn't, it's not like he's rolling out a, a top 24 guy at you know a positional player in his Superflex right now. So he certainly, I'd imagine, wants to have another quarterback, and it doesn't feel like he's going to get he, – he'll he'll have to be reaching for a guy like I think Hendon Hooker from Tennessee is the name that's thrown out there. But it feels like a reach at 106. And I don't know if – Matt doesn't trade a whole lot anyway, so – Matt, uh, I know you're listening, and and you can do you, you can do more of that. Come get your guy, uh, Danny Dimes. But I think both Matt and Mark desperately need quarterbacks. Mark has no incentive to tank this year because he doesn't have his pick. Um, I little sidebar on Mark. Looking at his team, he's got nothing outside of Brees Hall, and Brees Hall is fantastic, but you can't build from the ground up a dynasty roster around a running back who's going to be out of his prime by the time that, you know, he has anything slightly competitive. So I'd if, love to hear from Mark, by the way, on a podcast, how he's feeling. I don't know if he's super depressed or if he's <laughs> like optimistic somehow about his team. I'd love to hear if there's any optimism. So he won year I, one of this. League, I worry right? about him when he I go was to our bed. year one champ. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? Okay. He's got so that he, at least. He, he won the title, uh, something I've never done in, yeah. Eight years playing with and y'all. He's done it before it too. It's not his he's first done title. Before. So he won it all, but then he invites his good buddy Jeremy to the league, who just comes in and immediately <laughs> like takes the title from him, like builds the most dominant team that we've seen, blah blah blah. Well, maybe he's got an investment in Jeremy's team. Maybe he helped pay his, his entry fee or something. <laughs> yeah. So you're not saying there's collusion, yeah. but no, no, that wouldn't be. Yeah, softly no. hinting at it. So, anyways, I think that Mark really ought to strongly consider trading Brees for a number of assets before the draft. Um, because... And nobody signed up for the redraft, right? The pooling We have players. no second chance. Second chance, yeah. No second I could have seen that least. this year with... Josh's team is... He's got those... Two, it's such a tough thing to do because you've got like... your two quarterbacks and you're looking at other teams. So you look at Mark and you're like... Well, if he puts his players in, the only one I want from him is Brees Hall. Everybody's afraid you know? of yeah. If who's they don't view there. themselves as the worst team, they're worried that the only place to go is down. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I don't, yeah, I get it, I get that yeah. for sure. Yeah, and it's kind of fair. I think like where the second chance has the the opportunity to to be a win win for teams that they go in are teams who maybe are a mixed bag of young and old. And you have somebody who clearly wants to take more of a win now approach, and somebody who's willing to, to rebuild and like, you know, prioritize the draft picks and youth, and, and understand that they're maybe not going to be as competitive right away. Mark doesn't have either. He doesn't really have a lot of young players. He doesn't have draft picks. So if I'm Mark, I'm looking at Brees Hall like, I love you, buddy, but you're even though you're coming off the injury, like, you're basically near the the top of top of your value, and I'd imagine he could move him for 
to probably three first, depending on you know the picks and the team. And I'd I'd be trying to 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 fill roster holes and and hope you hit on. God, I mean, we've seen so many mid to late first round wide receivers. Um, I'm sure all sorts of plays, but wide receivers are coming to mind just like really pop off over the last couple of years. And I think if I'm Mark, I just got to start throwing some of those darts. Um, but anyways, it's interesting because they're both so QB, both Matt and Mark are QB needy. And I think there's going to be such a run on quarterback early that it'll be very interesting to see if they just are forced to go best player available, if they trade out or look to trade those picks for veteran quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I joked about Daniel Jones, and sure, he's available for the right price. But like, you've got you've got, I think, three startable quarterbacks right now. I'm sure there are other teams in the league that um, have guys where, yeah, maybe Matt is a better example than Mark. But like Justin Fields, he doesn't need another like top five dynasty quarterback, but he could, you know, he could like manage with a Derek Carr or somebody who could just consistently get us 17 points in a super flex or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it'll be very interesting to see what those guys do. I think, you know, for for the rest of so like for me, Pete and Canute, who have, we each have three and I have four. First, like, there's there's some you know fun you know opportunities for there to be some draft pick trades for you know people to come up and get their guy and move back and like shuffle around because uh, we sandwich each other in a lot of different areas. But I, I get the sense that most of us are sitting on uh, our picks until closer to draft day if not draft mm-hmm. day itself because um they're only going to increase in value and so as more people follow as draft you know draft buzz comes about as combine numbers pop off all that kind of stuff um we saw anthony richardson's stats earlier today <laughs> and he said combine records for the vertical and the broad jump it must have been for quarterbacks not like yeah. nobody's ever yeah, jumped didn't that high. Didn't a quarterback didn't quarterback record he ran the the third or fourth fastest 40 time for a quarterback ever and he's about 60 or 70 pounds faster than the guys that he's like you know in that that top uh 260 or top something rank. like that right. i think they said over yeah and some of these other guys have been like <laughs> yeah yeah oh, 200 pounds or 185 pounds or right. something I mean, like that mike so, vick was in the combine uh, right combine. i mean <laughs> right just so uh, that's wild wild stats but certainly maybe a little bit more raw of a passer but i mean so was lamar jackson to, to many you know degrees lamar is still somewhat of a project passer and he's put up dynasty you know qb1 stats so some team's going to take him in the top 10 in the nfl and uh it'd be interesting to see where uh he lands and again more broadly speaking how the combine changes and influences player values that could be the best thing for a player like that end up on a team that's not the worst in the league you don't end up on the texans you end up on a team that's actually got some talent around you and a coaching staff that right. is competent enough to get some wins they just need an athlete. So totally. we'll see. Yeah, totally. it could be a, that could be a, a good player to get. So I think, like, generally, I'm not, even though I have two late first-round picks, I'm not, I haven't gotten super in-depth on what the, the back end of the first, and since I don't have seconds, I've not paid a ton of attention. Yeah, that's I will as we get closer because, yep. you know, there's always the, you know, the trade opportunities. But, I'll fly back down here for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's we'll do it. Draft season. I do feel like, there's going to be a lot of value in the later part of the mid and like late first round and certainly in the second round because of that early like QB run. And then Russia. if those other if those QB needy teams also reach, now all of a sudden we have the the top let's say yeah. two through four wide receivers 
running backs and the top tight end that are available in the like the late stages of the first round. And mm-hmm. that is uh, very unique. I'd say that's very similar to what happened two years ago. Um, you know, that's when uh, Waddle and Devontae went back-to-back in the draft at spots like 9 and 9 10. and 10 or something like that, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that's huge. So it'll be really interesting to see what kind of value slips there and then who pops off, who, you know, potentially, you know, holds those picks or, or trades uh up into them uh, I think it'll be uh, a fun draft I think 23 it's interesting it's been it's been one of those classes that for a couple of years now like at least two years dynasty you know Twitter and podcasts have been saying like get your 23 first now like stock up stock up stock up and I think now it seems like there's a little bit of this under underwhelming sentiment around the class maybe it's because we don't have this like clear dominant quarterback prospect like a Trevor Lawrence yeah. uh, Saquon Barkley right running back well I think well, yeah, is more than that, that but I think the, I the, the lack of clear quarterback dominance right now is maybe what's what's souring some people's perspective on like how great the whole class is um, and then like we just have some recent like really strong performances from like you know this last rookie class when we think about like guys like Garrett Wilson uh, I think Wilson and um, Drake London were both drafted really high, and I don't Chris know Olave. where Chris Olave was drafted, but he may be the most valuable dynasty wide receiver of, of that yeah, trio. Yep. Um, but then we forget, and maybe if you're paying attention in, in fantasy Twitter right now, you've certainly seen the the video of both Chris Ola- or yeah Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Jackson Smith and Jigba in Ohio State were all teammates three wide receivers together and both Olave and Wilson who lit the NFL, you know, on fire this year said JSN is the best of them. He's like, he, he, he'll run circles around. He's a better runner. He's the best wide receiver of the three of us. And so for a guy like that to be coming out, um, it's like, yeah, all sorts of buzz. Probably still hard to like take those guys word, you know, on it from a year or two ago when they've actually proven it in the NFL. But at the same time, you've got a guy like that who's going to be, Who's likely going to be available at 106, 107, 108? Like, and he's he's one of many you know highly touted names um, coming out this year. So, I think there'll be a lot of a lot of value to be had um, in the the second half of the first. And again, Kadoot I think is is sitting pretty on all those seconds. I just I, I'm hoping he makes some sort of power move where he can package those and either move up higher you know into the first and get like a real impact player. Or more likely, given like who owns the first and, and existing team needs, he's got it. He sells he's for like it. real players that he can put in his lineup because he can't roster the. He's the I get, He's already asked his computer. His computer knows exactly what he needs to do to create a, to create that <laughs> championship team with those second round picks. His computer knows. Yeah, I I got faith in the computer, even though it was wrong about me. But yeah, well, it's never been wrong about anything else. So yeah. hey, man, we are. I'm just thinking we're at about we're almost at an hour i'm good to keep going but what do you think about maybe a part one part two we could kind of get into a different different little aspect here we could kind of go maybe some rules go a little deeper dive into the league uh less about what happened and uh players and stuff give the give the people a little tease they want more i know they want more but it's a little it's a lot to listen to over an hour out at one time so, so maybe we break it up so for, we're not gonna press stop the here and you know. then start again but not release it for another week right That's, yeah that could be an idea yeah yeah <laughs> okay it's a long off season well uh well eli i'll see you next time you're in town and uh we should do this again sometime sounds I good like to me it. 
Okay, always always good to chat. Dynasty Dads After Dark will uh, will shoot to be the the most listened to episode once again of the <laughs> Failcast. Uh, love you, Peter and Bort. Thanks for uh, for running this and doing this, and uh, we'll we'll talk to y'all real soon. All right, peace out.